my name is Dave Hanrowdy and there will be no encore. Welcome to the final show ever, regular show of 2023. This is the last normal episode of the year. Next year will be a, a, a or next year? Well, next year will be next year, but next week we'll be doing like kind of like a, something different. We'll maybe, maybe get into that in a moment. But for now, for the final regular episode of the show, I'm joined as always by Sonic Architect Adam. Hello, back again. And also, oh. back again, is the wonderful, the amazing... She's probably just the greatest guest we've ever had. You know, I feel like she's just... It's hard to quantify. It's hard to put words into it. You know, she she lights up my life. She brings an effervescent energy to the show. She's always fair and balanced and humble. And staying humble on the podcast studio this week is Fanula Jones. Oh my God, Hugh Carr is going to be so mad. <laughs> I was more thinking about Richard Chambers being like, What? <laughs> what? <laughs> well, he can settle down after his Patrick Stump slander on... That was in last week's episode. It was the episode Two weeks before. ago. Two weeks ago. You were very upset about that. It was very hilarious, but also absolutely infuriating. Do you want to call him out? Do you want to call uh, yeah, Richard Chambers? Yeah, Richard out Chambers. Now. Do it. You fucking, you think you're too good, current affairs journalist, can't engage with some emo pop punk music, want to take the piss out of someone's second name? Your second name is Chambers. Yeah. Okay. No comment from me <laughs> in the role of diplomatic host. But it was him doing the crawl impression was very funny. So. Yeah. It was a manic episode. Or no, was it you? He kept doing impressions of something. I was laughing, he, but I was. He did an Alex Turner impression. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, and then you gave out to me because you're saying there's too many Solid Snake, Metal Gear Solid references on this. Part. I wasn't giving out to you. I was just saying, have you ever actually logged how many times you reference? There needs to be some kind of no encore bingo where it's like you doing a pac <coughs> impression, a reference to Solid Snake. Yeah. We did have an... Other I, things. You saying fucking, what's that band that you listen to? Uh, Gang of Oh, Utes, they loathe. have a really weird name. Metallica, Slipknot. Slipknot. No, not Slipknot. Not really, Metallica. A really weird name. Einhauser. No, it's like <laughs> Dillinger, Dillinger Escape Plan. Dillinger Escape Plan. The Dillinger Escape Plan, yes. I haven't referenced them, them in a very long time. You haven't time. referenced them in a very long I have time. I now, obviously. Um, Slipknot. Slipknot, yeah. Something to do with wrestling. Nine Inch Nails. Nine Inch Nails or Trent Reznor, uh, yeah. Oversharing personal stories. Yeah. Speaking of, by the way, mm. can I get into this real quick? My Absolutely. therapist strikes again. <laughs> so My but, therapist strikes again. The less successful Hulk Williams and John McNally podcast. <laughs> they stole my idea. How dare they? Rats. I, uh, I put this up on my Instagram, at uh, HanReadyDave, if you want to follow me. There's no guarantee I'll follow you back. But nonetheless, uh, I texted my therapist today. <laughs> Because I was like, oh, I haven't been for a couple of months and, you know, the year is drawn to a close. Maybe I should check in with him. You know, some kind of yearly sign-off or something. Assess the relationship. Uh So I texted my therapist. I've talked about him before on the show, of course. And I said, hey, how's things? Not sure I'll get to you before Christmas, but what are your Saturdays like up until and beyond then? Now, I should point out this at this juncture, uh, he had previously advised me, I had some annual leave coming up, and I went to Claire, of course. Uh, he'd advised me to go on a cruise. Okay. Which is a strange thing, for, I think, for a therapist to advise you upon, especially when you're like, I'm a poor journalist, I don't really have a lot of money. And he was like, go on a cruise, you'll meet people. And oh I was my like, God, he's like undercover for Stanley or something. He it? might be, yeah, maybe he's got shares. Works for Kid Rock. Yeah. <laughs> so he wrote back and said, hi, Dave, great to hear from you. That's nice. Uh, did you ever get your voyage in? I'm finishing this Saturday until sometime in January. Yeah, I saw Abba earlier this year. I, <laughs> I said I only voyaged as far as Claire for a few days, but it was enjoyable all the same. Uh, he threw back a couple of cry-laugh emojis, which I found strange. And then he goes, okay, Dave, it's in my diary now. Can't wait to hear about your Claire voyage. Three cry-laugh emojis. He fucking rinsed me. He rinsed me. Did he? Is he of a certain age? Yeah, late 60s, I would say. Yeah, well, then they have just have a totally different interpretation of the cry laugh. Well, get this. I said, in the meantime, have a great Christmas and New Year and thanks for all your help this year. And he wrote back and said, 
And same festive sentiments to you, Dave, with a fucking thumbs up. The most passive-aggressive of all the emojis. No, again, I think older, not to generalise, but older people have a different interpretation of that emoji. They definitely do. And I should say as well, I've had some concern from people replying to me on my Instagram story because I shared this being like, isn't this crazy? Uh, I actually have a very strong and playful relationship. Strong and playful. I have a very good relationship. (laughs) All right, Dave. Fucking hell. You you don't Greco-Roman wrestle your therapist? (laughs) You guys aren't living. Where we? Anyway, uh, on this episode, uh, we're doing top five non-Christmas Christmas number ones. Yeah, we'll explain what that means later on. Uh, let's I think just it's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> but... uh, let's just jump into the news, shall we, Adam? Yeah. Start spreading the news. So, yeah, let's begin with just a very quick mention because last week we actually recorded the podcast on Tuesday and the very sad news about the passing of Shane McGowan occurred on the Thursday. So if anybody was wondering why there was no mention of that whatsoever on last week's podcast, it wasn't a decision to not mention it at all. It just was timing. Uh, so, yes, rest in peace to Shane McGowan. Um, a very, very sad story. And I, I'm mentioning it. I'm speeding through it real quick right now because I think we'll have a, a bigger discussion about that on our review of the year episode, which we will be putting together uh, in the next couple of weeks, I believe. So I, don't, I think as far as more, Adam, there's no regular episode next week. No. We will actually be recording the end of year, myself and yourself in the studio. Yep. Uh, review of the year 2023, and we'll get into some of the bigger stories, including the sad passing of Shane McGowan. Rest in peace. Um, and, but however, we're also late to something else, Vanilla Jones. We're late to the Spotify wrapped mm. chat. Um, is there anything to add? I think, from my perspective, I think I'm over it. No, I'm not. I love it. It because it's a good gauge for me as to whether I am still listening to enough in inverted commas music. I feel like I made a big effort to try and listen to other things. In it, well, sorry, this is Fall Out Boy is my number one artist. I think which, but they did have a new album this year. In my defense, um, but I did make a real effort to like actually seek out albums and like listen to them. Now I think the issue is that I didn't find that there was as much good music this year. That's a separate conversation. But I like to gauge when I see how many minutes people have listened to it. I'm like, okay, so I'm on I'm on track for the average person. And sometimes I, I just think it's an interesting insight into someone's ear. I love it. I hate the people who are like, uh, nobody cares about your Spotify rap. <laughs> you specifically don't care, which is fair enough. But to say that nobody cares is a lie because... They're getting billboards out of this. I think I just I think it's a smart use of data. We always complain about people using our data and using them for evil. This is nice. You get a little fun infographic. Well, I will fun. jump in here and say that Spotify is a soulless corporation that doesn't pay musicians enough money. And in Obviously, fact, yes. and also laid off a whole bunch of staff this week. And so. they're going to have changed. The streaming to pay payroll. even less. Yeah. yeah, so I will say... Okay, well, thanks for it, making me look like a no, fucking no, 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 asshole. No, 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 say, no, 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 pictures. I pay... I, I, like, I, I'm, I'm, as, I'm part of the problem. I'm, I'm in one breath saying, fuck Spotify, they're scum, and in the other breath I'm saying, well, it's super convenient, and I also like Spotify wrapped, but I am... Yeah, but, how I, many records did you buy this year? Dave? A few, a few. Not enough, but a few. Um, what about you? Not enough. WBU. <laughs> so, on, if anyone doesn't know what Spotify Wrapped is, it's an uh, end of your database when you're listening. And uh, who are your top five artists? Who are my top five artists? Um, okay, Fall Out Boy was definitely one. Wait. Nice, <laughs> nice tumbleweed uh, pregnant um, pause there. You're Wrapped. 
<laughs> You're going to do Okay, fine. Um, yeah, if you want to Wait, give me... Wait, hang on. Just let me furiously tap to the end and then we'll Mine get there, okay. were Nine Inch Nails, Lauren Balf, which surprised me because I listened to the Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning soundtrack a lot and that's the reason he's my number two artist of the year. Okay. M83 were in there as well. Uh, Health and Young Fathers. They were my top five. Dinner Escape Plan found rotting. They, 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 they didn't release any new music because they broke up a long time ago yeah, and I haven't right. listened to them as much as I used to. Yeah. Uh, my top five songs, there was two Nine Inch Nails songs in there. Uh, there was a minute and a half long piece of music from Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning and two other tracks. So yeah, I don't know. I think the novelty's gone for me. Yeah. It's not as exciting as it once was. That's fair. Yeah. Okay, my top artists were Fall Out Boy, as mentioned. <laughs> this is so embarrassing reading this out. Taylor Swift was two. Our over, our over, our our overlord. Yeah. Jesus Christ, I can't speak. The band Camino, they're like a pop punk. It was very in my pop punk feels this year. Caroline Palachek, but she was, to be honest, was only in it because of the Welcome to My Island remix. No, I did actually really like that album, Desire I Want to Turn Into. Yeah. And they were, there were a couple of songs in that album that were in my peripheral top songs. Very good make album. Top five. Very good album. And then five is the 1975, which... Problematic fave, you say. Mm. Also, number five was no encore in your podcast. Yes. So we got to get up those, those charts next year, Adam. Yeah. We well. need to... Get First year you got in though, fair play. You I, you faced stiff competition in previous years from a Pokemon podcast called Experience Share. I mean, like, took those fuckers down, didn't you? You did, yeah. <laughs> it's so well done, you guys. Yeah, and thank you to everyone who was saying that No Encore was a thing that they enjoyed this year. Yeah, if you love the show... We got, a few, we got a few people who had them in the wrapped and we shared them yeah, on our And if you love the show, it is patreon.com slash no encore. Super independent, you know, keeping the lights on, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we're genuinely trying to do bonus content next year, but it's fucking hard to find the time and the, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Adam? Yes? Your Spotify wrapped, anything to add? Um, yeah, I, like... <laughs> I did a lot of thing that a lot of things that people who uh, work in music do, and uh, have some of my own music in my Spotify Wrapped, which is uh, that's fine, embarrassing, but also I like uh, you got to love what you make, right? So um, I had Darius; he's a French artist that I love. I've spoken about him on the podcast, I think, before, or on No Ox Court, perhaps on Patreon. Um, Skrillex was my number two. He released a double album this year. Um, Lutherist, who is a rapper based in Dublin. Um, who I did uh, I mixed a record for alongside Genova Siv and Zimbak um, really good um, really good EP called The Duality of a Samurai EP there if you want to check it out Bobby Arlo was my number four a couple of songs out this year with Bobby Arlo Ode to You being a big one and uh, Cabo is an Australian producer who I had in there I should say as well Junie by Bobby Arlo made my top 100 yes June. great fucking song Banger. right uh, but speaking of lists right and speaking of end of year lists um, I'm, I'm very vexed I must say in the last okay. 24 hours or so Why? Well, first of all, you know, like, I, I know it's the most boring thing of all time to be like, well, end of year lists are dropping earlier than ever and all that kind of stuff. And, and they are. And like, that's... That, oh, I know what you're about to bring up, but I think we're going to have a fight about it. <clears throat> Let's have a fight about it. So, uh, Pitchfork put out their top 100 songs, top 100 albums of the year. Rolling Stone did the same, a whole bunch of others. Rough Trade tend to be the first ones who do it, and they do it in like either mid to late November. And like, again, like, the, the, the horse is bolted. This is how it's done now. Much like Christmas being a fucking two-month holiday, everyone has decided that... Uh, the calendar year, you know, like once you hit the end of November, it's time for end of year lists, which in fairness, I don't agree with, but I I am of the opinion as previously expressed. I don't think people should be releasing new music in December because of this reason, because the attention spans are waning. However, it does bring up some questionable things. For example, this week, <sighs> Pitchfork's number one I album. I can't believe you're saying about this. Pitchfork's number one album of 2023 and Rolling Stone's number one album of 2023 
is SOS by Scissor, an album that was released on December the 9th, 2022, which you will be aware is not in 2023, is it? How can that be? That makes no sense to me. I think you're being pedantic. How the I fuck am I being... being how, how, because sorry. at that point, as th- at the point you made yourself, nope. at that point in 2022, all the lists had already been released. Do you know what and else then- though? Do you know what 2022 is though? It's in the year 2022. Do you know what's in the year 2023? The year 2023. But is it also not just reflective of the point that I just made that perhaps the music we got this year wasn't as good as 2023? I'm not allowed, as good that, as... with all due respect, that is, I know that that reasoning it makes me even... Did you like SOS? It's fine. It's, um, oh my God. As okay. somebody, this is a pointless argument. I'm going to quote someone anonymously. They said to me last Coward. night, well, uh, like, my reasons will become clear. No, the person's a coward, but actually you're a coward as well for not revealing their identity. They didn't request anonymity. I'm okay. granting them anonymity. Okay. And I may explain it someday why, but for now. I got a text message last night. and a WhatsApp. An SMS. No, it was a WhatsApp, actually, at okay. um, three minutes past 7pm. And it said, by the way, thank you for speaking truth to power on the SZA pitchfork fiasco. Over 20 days too early and over 20 minutes too long. And I would agree with both no. those sentiments. The album's fine. But oh, to describe it as a fiasco, <clears throat> come on now. It is a fiasco. It's a gen- fiasco? A general fiasco. Oh my to quote God. The, the, oh my God, tune. Well, I'm ever so cool. No, there was, a, so there, was a, there was a Northern Irish band called yeah, General Yeah, and fiasco. I'm singing their song. Oh, sorry. Okay. Okay. I thought it was a song by Fall Out Boy. <laughs> no, wait, it's a song by General Fiasco. <laughs> How are those levels doing there, Adam? Um, yeah, we're, we're doing okay over here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Decibels, decibels. But here's the thing, right? Listen, if I may, if I may. If I may try and if I may try and make sense of this, I appreciate I'm a walking contradiction, but I'm sorry. This notion of like fuck it came out in December, but it's really good, man. No, because what you're doing there is you're changing the fucking calendar, and I can't have it. Are you changing the calendar? Yes. When you consider a lot of the big singles as well didn't take off until 2023 because it came out so late. That's not. Oh, it doesn't matter. It's a calendar year. Pitchfork have done this before. Oh my god. Okay. What are you? The Mayans? Fucking hell. Yes, I'm the Mayans. <laughs> yeah. I am right. the. I, I'm the entire culture and community of the Mayans. Not you being restricted by the confines of time. And I'm also <laughs> Mayans <laughs> FC, the Sons of Anarchy <sighs> spin-off show that Sloppy. nobody watched. <laughs> that uh, Eve Hewson was in? Anyway, the, like, did you see Florence Son? Bad movie. Absolutely. No, I, I, we saw the trailer, me and Kim, when we went to see Past Lives and we both looked at each other and said we were not even going an inch near that. Did you enjoy Past Lives? Loved Past Lives. Film of the year. Yeah, and did come out in 2023, so you don't have to cry about it. But it came, in, it came out in 2022 in different parts of the world. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> but I judge it on an Irish release date. Now, Back to music, though. Anyway, okay. so here's the thing, right? The SZA album came out on the 9th of December 2022. That is not a 2023 album. And Pitchfork a few years ago included Blinding Lights by The Weeknd, which came out in the middle of November of 2019. They put that as number 23 on their best songs of 2020 list. That's too early. What? So, so what's the cutoff here? Mid-November versus start of December? You're saying that's fine. So December's fine. Yeah. So, so, I think so. So the year is now December. Half of December doesn't exist anyway because of Christmas. Like, you just fall off a cliff in terms of understanding time you know what I mean I think if you felt more strongly about the album we wouldn't even be having this conversation it's Danger Escape Plan (laughs) (laughs) released the equivalent of to quote one example this is Disorder on a a, a terrifying scale on a global scale it is like okay old man yells a cloud this is not old man yells a cloud Disorder on a global scale terrifying scale babe 
no, this babe. is this is fucking out right. The album's okay. fine, by the way. It's a bit mid. It's fine. But here's the thing, right? To use a cool You're kid's wrong phrase, Slipknot, it's fine. No, 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 no. If, if, if Slipknot released, if Nine Snails, if my beloved Trent Reznor released the greatest album of all time on the 31st of December, 2022, my true love it's a 2020. Very good. <laughs> it's a 12 Trent Reznor albums. It's a it's a 2022 release. Okay. This shit drives me fucking bonkers. Okay. It can't be allowed to stand. It okay. has to be stopped. And I'm the one who will stop it. Okay. Right, so are you going to... Drive to... Drive to... The offices of Seattle Condé or, Nast, yeah. yeah, and be like, excuse me. Can, can you, po- Sorry, can you take you, this down and repost this on the 1st you, of January 2024, please? Why are you so in support of this? Because I think it's a brilliant album. From 2022, yeah. I think it's a brilliant album. And you saw the impact of the singles, a lot of the singles in this year and it came so late in 2022 okay I just Rolling Stone also included Ice Spice's EP in their best albums of the year list that's even more pedantic that's an Sorry, extended like, play everybody okay, oh, okay. are it's we not really gonna but like they're it's not, not an album I know but it's not a not, fucking you, album you work in fucking media you understand how SEO works they're not gonna it's not gonna be fucking 50 best you can't use SEO to 50, justify this 50 best albums EPs whatever the fuck projects releases it's just a catch all like but no then ch- change it then Okay. Change the, the wording. Like, this is like the Rush Review thing where it's like, give me a first impression. Like, I'm sorry, but this is like, old Manchester Cloud, fine, I get it. But like, no, can we not, can we not like, ha- like, can we not have things? Like, think, nothing sacred. Nothing is sacred anymore because everyone's fucking attention span is broken. And it's like, oh, fuck it, man, it doesn't matter. Like, come in 23, don't worry about it. Throw in 23, let's scrap. I think it's knowingly provocative. I think it's shameful. I think it's shameful. Da- I think it's damaging. I think it's damaging. I think it's really stupid. I, th- oh I think it, I think God. it's stupid. Okay, stupid is one thing. Shameful and damaging. Yeah, I'm being knowingly hyperbolic. That's what okay. I do. Yeah. But the point is, right? I think it's really fucking dumb. And I think I, I think it's I think it's just it's fucking outrageous. To argue again, but the, okay, take into account your argument of the rush review thing, yeah, right? Different thing, but similar. I know, but like, okay, so it came the end of December 2022. Mm-hmm. You don't have the rest of 2022 to sit on that album because there's only like three weeks left. Yeah, so please stop releasing great albums or in like mid to late December. It's always been a problem, but that doesn't mean that oh, they so you want people to rush art and release Wait, it on your terms as opposed January, to their own terms. Says it. Okay. Like, Who's like, releasing music in January? That's a fucking dump month right, that everyone knows February, for then. any media. February. February, fine. February, boring. February, only have 28 days. <laughs> I need to end this conversation. Perfect. I feel like it's, it's, it's making my head spin. Everybody loses, nobody wins. I agree. Especially when you change the calendar year to suit your fucking interest. It's Adam. Adam. Yes? What do you think? Did you like the album, first Real of quick. all? That doesn't... I actually haven't listened to it. I haven't listened to the album. Oh my God. Um, it just came so out in December. I will say... Shut up! <laughs> I will say... I don't care. Okay, that right. much. Okay, <laughs> is my is my. Wait, then I think Adam's more on my side than he is yours. Possibly that. that no, that, that that's not. The no, case. because you really care. I do, and so you you really care in the opposite direction. Um, the listener is probably begging for us to move on, so let's just do that. I doubt that. Let's talk about something a lot more, a lot less contentious, shall okay. we? Mm. Taylor Swift has been named as uh, <laughs> Time Time Magazine's Person of the Year. They want to sell some copies, don't they? Vanilla mm. uh, Jones, you have said to me. I hope I can expose this on 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 on, on airwaves. Oh fuck! What are you about to say? I can edit Especially it. based on this last conversation. You're over Taylor Swift. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Which Isn't makes me okay. Let's rephrase that. It's not that I'm over Taylor Swift, but we are reaching a point of peak saturation again, which makes me like 
actively worried for her, especially now based on this interview she's given with Time. So, yes, let's talk about the interview because uh, she was named Time's 2023 Person of the Year, the very first time an entertainer has received the honour from the long-running publication. Uh, They justified it by saying, quote, the selections over the years have tended to follow certain patterns. The person chosen has typically been a ruler over traditional domains of power. He and yes, usually it has been a he, it's the patriarchy right there, is very often a politician or a titan of industry. 14 US presidents, five leaders of Russia or the Soviet Union and three popes have all been recognised. And yet, the person whose singular influence was revealed throughout 2023 has held none of those roles or anything remotely similar. Every year contains light and dark. 2023 was a year with significant shares of darkness. In a divided world where too many institutions are failing, Taylor Swift found a way to transcend borders and be a source of light. No one else on the planet today can move so many people so well. Vanilla Jones. It's fine until you get to the sentence about light and dark and it starts then because I think to deny her power, particularly in this year where like the era's tour set to be the most money-making tour of all time, most successful, like bringing it to cinemas, the amount of money that it made there. If you look at her career and the power she's been able to wield, yeah, absolutely. The light and dark thing, I'm like... Yeah, maybe stay away from that. I mean, especially when you consider the other things that are going on in the world, needless to fucking say. Impossible not to think immediately of Palestine. Yeah. It, impossible not to think about that this, as soon as you read that. But that's, a, that's a direct reference. And I'm like, we're balancing that out with reference. fucking, here's Taylor Swift. Like, here's like the ultimate embodiment of white America and capitalism. And this is fine though, because, you know, she's cute and, you know, she's she's empowering, I suppose, and definitely isn't grifting everyone for money. Um, there's a massive interview in Time magazine. Have you read the whole thing? Not the whole thing, but like, it's been... Part, like pulled apart online obviously as the way anything with Taylor Swift does and it's the first <clears throat> kind of sit down she's done in years yeah. like actual like direct verbatim quotes from her mouth that haven't been like from social media or I'm whatever her narrative like, like this is like Tom Cruise picking directors like and she has the power to do that but I do want to quote one section of it which jumped out at me and again oh, no, in, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. in that way that people do on social media because I was just like agog at this so um, this is a quote from the Time Magazine piece right And this is all the journalist. There's no quotes from her in this piece. It's two paragraphs. Bear with me. Here, Swift has told me a story about redemption, about rising and falling, only to rise again. A hero's journey. I do not say to her in our conversation that it did not always look that way from the outside. That, for example, when Reputation's lead single, Look What You Made Me Do, reached number one on the charts, or when the album sold 1.3 million copies in its first week, second only to 1989, she did not look like someone whose career had died. She looked like a superstar who was mining her personal experience as successfully as ever. I am tempted to say this. But then I think, who am I to challenge it if that's how she felt? The point is, she felt cancelled. She felt as if her career had been taken from her. Something in her had been lost, and she was grieving it. Maybe this is the real Taylor Swift effect, that she gives people, many of them women, particularly girls, who've been conditioned to accept dismissal, gaslighting and mistreatment from a society that treats their emotions as inconsequential, permission to believe that their interior lives matter. Fine, nice little wrap-up there, but what the fuck are you doing as a journalist saying, ah, nah, I'm not going to challenge that narrative. You're a... what? Okay, I did not realise that first part. That's also not what I thought you were going to read and I'll mention that in a second. I should have challenged, yeah, should have challenged her. I actually think the second part is kind of correct though because I think people, okay, you can't deny the commercial success of 
reputation, I suppose, in comparison to some of the other albums, it could be still viewed as like not a success. You only need to look at the stadium tour as well and the dates here and stuff like that. But I think people forget how vitriolic the response was. Like it was very much like we were watching this play out and we were, you were team Kim and Kanye or you were team Taylor. And I remember her like trying to respond to it and desperately trying to claw back the narrative. And it was like, she could not win. She's on social media and there's just like, she's being harassed by Kim Kardashian fans with snake emojis everywhere. Like, I mean, it's kind of hard to stomach now given the even more success she's had now. And to think like she's officially a billionaire now, but at the time... Yeah, so like she did not, like I do believe when she's like, she talks about moving to a foreign country and never leave the house and stuff. To be honest, I absolutely believe that because she was not seen, like she went to ground and like that was probably quite difficult. But at the same time, she's a rich white woman and came back and was able to wield even more power than ever, you know? Yeah, I mean, someone died at a gig there recently and for some reason we've turned that around as yeah, some kind of shield for her. Yeah, the response to that has been strange from her camp. The quote that I thought you were going to read was, the one where she's talking about the re-recordings. The one? And she refers to them, I'll get the direct quote now, but she refers to them as whore cruxes. Oh, and yes. it's just a reminder that <laughs> like, as much as Taylor Swift wields this power and is like hugely commercially successful, she is also so embarrassing. Like fundamentally, she will always be... Didn't she describe something that her boyfriend did as like, she's like, that's so fucking metal. Fucking metal, yeah, because he said in the podcast he wanted to ask her out because he saw, he went to the Eras tour or whatever. <laughs> um, also, his nickname for her is Tay. It's not a nickname. It's not her name. nickname. It's just an abbreviated name. It's Sorry, I have to One syllable of her name, yeah. So she said, I'm collecting horcruxes. I'm collecting infinity stones. Ugh. Gandalf's voice is in my head every time I put on a new one. For me, it is a movie now. Is she AI? Is she, no. gen- is, is she a program cybernetic AI organism? Wouldn't say something. That- GP Taylor. I mean, like, what the fuck are we doing here? And like, I, I, and someone else has made this point as well. That's like a swift. I kind of believe the reputation Kim Cave that cancellation era, and I'm kind of doing air quotes because like she kind of was, but like cancellation doesn't exist either, right? I do believe it actually had such a detrimental effect on her that like I kind of think she's still kind of frozen in that time and still thinks and kind of says things in a way that are, how do I say this politically correctly? Don't, just say it. Like, kind of juvenile. I still think she's a very, like, 20s, I'm not famous, but, like, she's, like, acutely aware that she's obviously very famous, but, like, likes to pretend that she's not and, like, play that she's not. She's not just very, she's the most famous now. Yeah, exactly, but but obviously if she acknowledges that, you alienate a fan base that's, like, has always felt directly spoken to because it's like, she's speaking to my experience. She knows exactly what I'm going through because, sure, she's shared a lot of the experiences like love, falling out of love, whatever. They're all shared experiences that yeah. we all experience in our own lives. And she has 17 different versions of the album that I can buy and I must buy. I have to have all that of them. Is, Otherwise, I'm not a good enough fan, right? I have to say, that's a farce. Like, that's a money-making racket mm. and that's preying on young fans. 100%. I'm uh, sorry, uh, she's that, fucking like, evil. Like, I get, like, as a vinyl collector, like, I'm going to just, like, from that side of things, I get the special edition thing. Love that. That's always great because it's, like, a little bit of excitement. Yeah, it's going to benefit the band as well, which is good. What Like, bands make most of their money from merch, right? Bands, acts, whoever. So I'm happy enough to go and buy, say, the J. J- Paul reissue that uh, XL Records put out of um, the, the leaked album, right? Happy to do that. But when it comes to putting out 
How many different versions? Well, there was when Midnight's came out. There was at least four. Midnight's it, came out. There was four, was it, and together yeah. they made a clock. That was the whole. And then there was also like a, 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 a new bonus version with like six new tracks. And then of course, when when Evermore came out, or if one of them, it was like here's the cardigan. You know, like you, you can get you can get the actual cardigan. Reference. Oh well, like look. oh no, there's a cardigan for each era as well. It's just where does it stop? And like in fairness, money goes back into the tour. Blah 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 blah. But she yeah. hates her staff very well. They all. I'm glad, but like but like like this notion of her as the as the girl next door. You know, who who just did it with the guitar. It's like well, yeah, you did. And fair play. But like, let's not pretend that you're also not the fucking naked and of American capitalism which you've been for many many years and all that has done is spiral even further and also very selective as well in her treatment of different people very silent on certain issues not the wholesome goddess that I think that she is same time I think there is an insane amount of pressure on her I can't imagine her lifestyle is terribly enjoyable I guess you reap what you sow I don't know. Anyway, lastly, we were going to talk about her personal life again, but we're not doing that any further because I can't be arsed. But what I would say is her publicist is named Tree Pain. That's yeah. right. Not T Pain. That would be much more interesting. Tree Pain. <laughs> if T Pain was her publicist, T Pain was your publicist, it'd be probably the best. Yeah, I'd life prefer that ever. Yeah. I would like to clarify the statement. <laughs> Tree Pain. Okay, listen. Can we have um, the final kiss corner of twenty twenty three, and hopefully ever. <laughs> battle on my hands there to try and get my water out of my bag as the Kiss Corner sting played out I think I failed that one also I should say we talked about Kiss last week and when I note that their gig was cancelled I hope everybody thought the same thing was it with a K because it probably was because that's what they are <laughs> they are brand legends as we know now listen we thought we were done we thought it was over we thought it was safe to go outside again but Kiss have unveiled their their new era Speak of eras tour, guys, let me tell you. The Kiss Cruise with a K. I mean, Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift could learn a lot from Gene Simmons. Taylor Swimmons, I almost called you there. <laughs> Taylor Swimmons. Anyway, um, the last show of their farewell tour has occurred. Uh, they played in Madison Square Garden on the 2nd of December. But now, <laughs> uh, they will become the first US band to become virtual. Uh, in the encore, the band's remaining members... Uh, Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons, along with guitarist Tommy Thayer and drummer Eric Singer, left the stage, revealing their new digital avatars. Today a new era begins. The end is only the beginning. Kiss have been immortalised and reborn as avatars to rock forever. No one's safe. I, look, ABBA did it. ABBA did it and they did it really well. Why wouldn't Kiss do it? You know what I mean? Like, they have that, they have that name, they have the image, they, like... Fair play. Fair play to them. It's kind of baller to be like, bye, and then walk off stage and it's like, nah, here are our robots. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's, it's kind of the most rock roll thing you can do, really, so in a way, isn't it? They've actually teamed up with the same, uh, I think, production company as the ABBA one, and they've also worked with George Lucas's SFX company, ILM. But the quotes, man, um, Stanley said, what we've accomplished has been amazing, but it's not enough. Like, just go off and enjoy your retirement, yeah. mate. But the, like, again, the band deserves to live on because it's bigger than we are. Uh, it's exciting for us to take the next step and see us immortalised. We can be forever young, says Gene Simmons, and forever iconic, taking us places we've never dreamed of before. There's also like a, a weird quote where someone says, Kiss could have a concert in three cities in the same night across three different continents. That's what you could do with this. I mean, you, you got a, an amazing point. Like, I I don't dislike the Avatar thing. When I read the story first and it was like, they're gone digital, I was like, they're going to be the first band in Fortnite, aren't they? Like, it just I kind of screamed that. I'm like, kids have no idea. But Truly, um, yeah. 
like I I get this, I respect it. There's a nostalgia element to the fans. It's it gives um it gives the like the people in the band and the team around it a chance to do something creatively different. So whether like, you know, it's a different stage in their career, they're obviously, you know, getting older and probably not as you know, well able to perform on stage for as long as they need to do, or not as, as limber. No, yeah, Gene exactly. can't waggle that tongue so, the way they used to. So, in that regard, like, yeah, power to them. And if the fans want to pay for it, let them pay for it. You there know? you go. You're being way too kind. And then your last sentence, you nailed it. I should say, for balance, if I'm going to go after Taylor Swift for capitalism and ripping fans off, guess I've been doing this since the fucking seventies. But this yeah, is the this thing is, I was—they're go- not doing this to like flex any new creativity. It's no, like yeah. there's an argument to be made. Okay, yeah, it's great because the they're making the band is more accessible and the live experience is more accessible for people who might not have ever been able to see them and now probably won't but they can see the avatars but like this is to make money like, and they are cartoons yes. so fine it lends itself to that in that way but let's not pretend here and, and the one thing I was going to say just before we moved off Taylor Swift and only to just like briefly go back in line with this story is people cannot pay if they don't want to so there is there is that element to it as well there's probably not as much pressure though on a Kiss fan you know in the school playground that there will be on a Taylor well, Swift fan I, I mean like yeah yeah I don't know it's like obviously the you know the generations are different and whatever, but... Anyway, look, listen, speaking of generations, speaking of virtual reality, I believe you have a, a trailer that you want to play. I have a story in the news. It's Tom Petty, a rock star in Life and Death, and it is... Uh, so, the new Grand Theft Auto 6 trailer, it's been 10 years since we had the last game. Um, I, maybe more, maybe 12? No, it's, it was 2013. Okay, well, so 10 years since the last but one. But it will be 12 years by the time yes, this game comes Yes, it's due out. for release in 2025. Um, but we got the first trailer because it leaked... Yeah. <laughs> and it was soundtracked by Tom Petty and here's a little clip of it now. Well, look who's back. The only way we're going to get through this is by sticking together, being a team. Trust? Trust. That was uh, Love is a Long Road by Tom Petty and yeah, it soundtracks the, the trailer. Um, the trailer is, it looks like there's going to be two protagonists in this one but I, I suppose the whole thing... And one of them is a w- 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 woman. Yes. What do you mean there are protagonists in... I thought you just drive around. No, they're, so in the last game was the first kind of... It's, in each historical Grand Theft Auto there is a protagonist. You play as a character and the, char- the story revolves around the character and certain doings and deeds and you know meetings with other people and you encounter other characters and it's all just this whole oh, thing it's a massive narrative it's a huge 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 narrative storyline is always extremely well written was always very well written from like back in Grand Theft Auto 3 and Vice City days I wouldn't fully agree with that but uh, I don't know I think like it was always I think it's gotten worse I think it's gotten worse uh, yeah I will say the the last one very the, juvenile the most, which, is, which is kind of the du jour I understand that that's the point of a lot of it but it's just a bit like the last one was a bit like eh, like yeah, it's fun to mill around if we in, go but, back to like the kind of trifecta of Vice City Grand Theft Auto 3 and San Andreas, and San Andreas. Yeah. The stories were fantastic it was mostly pretty great yeah Yeah. so um, anyway very well respected game studio but the whole thing was um, you know protagonist the last one had three so you could swap between three different characters okay. at any and all of their storylines tied in eventually so right. this is this this one is based around two 
uh, people. Uh, uh, it seems like it's a couple. A Bonnie and Clyde. A Bonnie and Clyde kind couple, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they, like, it, it looks like you're going to be able it's to It's in Florida as well. as well. Based in Florida. Like, based in Vice City again for the first time I wasn't since mad about the trailer, especially because it's not a gameplay trailer. So like game trailers that don't have gameplay in them, I think are almost kind of pointless in a way. Um, I'm looking forward to people losing their shit though when they have to play as a woman because men don't like doing that. And I really hope that they put pronouns in the game just to piss off the freaks. Um, but yeah, good, good song though. I remember where I was. Uh, I came out of a film. I went to a press screening and when I went, when I exited the press screening, I found out Tom Petty had died, and that film was Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Oh, right. it's like one of those moments where you remember <laughs> it is, where yeah. you were. I was on the street in Sydney World, looked at my phone, and Tom Petty unfortunately had left this yeah. wall coil. But it's like again, the, my whole conversation to bring it in a very roundabout way back around to it is the fact that this is kind of given a bit of a you know, rev- I suppose a bit of a, not a revival to his career. He's had a very glowing career over over his many, many years in the music industry um, and written many great songs. But it's given people who like wouldn't be aware of his music a little bit of an insight into what it's like. And they've gone back and, they, you know, Damned Torpedoes is now being Shooting listened to charts. again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's, and, but the what's really exciting, I think, about it is the fact that it's being set in what looks like now. Um, like 2023, whatever the 2020s, because social media looks like it's going to be playing a big aspect based on the trailer. And just like based on what you're seeing in the trailer, all the imagery is very, very of the now. So I wanted to ask both of you, because mm-hmm. this, the radio stations yes, are a part. massive part of it. And the music, the licensed music is like arguably the biggest part of the game. And yeah. is what we discussed is this just last week on mo- our yeah, diegetic exactly. video game music. Most wild, wildly talk, widely talked about topic based around the game so I'm wondering what based on the fact that it's now what songs do you think should be in it uh, Milk Lizard by Dillinger Escape Plan <laughs> Fanula for the rock station maybe Radio X oh no I mean like still like Ice Spice should be in there and like you know like whatever is current and popular and trendy and cool Troy Savan Taylor Swift I don't know Yeah, they tend to get the hip hop channels right I will yeah. say they tend to like nail that on pretty Pretty My well. boys Health were in the last game who of course released a brand new album as of this podcast dropping. Fantastic. It's called Rat Wars. What a great name. Sorry, real quick before we close off the new section, can I just say I, I read a press release for an album um, a new album. I'm not going to say by who. Um, but in the press release it referred to the album that the press release is about as a masterpiece. Don't do that. That's my advice for yeah. anyone. Are you not kind of shooting yourself in the foot there? Me, how? Masterpiece. No, the person oh, sorry. referring <laughs> to, to an album. Was, I thought I was once again in the, in um, the spotlight there. <laughs> sorry, to go quickly back to the music question yeah, yeah. in what, what, GTA. What well, surely it would just be podcasts. I think there is, there generally just be is. just me listening to No Encore, <laughs> Celebrity Marble Club, the, book, the podcast that I mentioned about Pokemon. I, do, I don't listen to new music as much in the car. Mm, see, they do have like those talk, the talk channels on there as well that probably will in some way replicate I'd love mini, if they did some kind of again to annoy the the men's who would get annoyed about this but like exactly. some kind of parody about yeah. of, of a Joe Rogan ilk they 100% are going to do that I don't know how I didn't think about yeah. that they're 100% yeah. going to do it okay yeah. listen uh, that's a lot of news for this week and it got pretty heated guys we're okay though right we're all friends no, here we're not <laughs> are you upset yeah still no I'm really awesome oh, <laughs> look it's a it's a fine album if there's anything that's going to bring us back together guys it's, it's not Christmas Christmas from number the year ones. 2022 yes Adam is correct um non-Christmas Christmas number ones best and worst so it's Christmas Fanula I was on the radio last week talking about Christmas music mm-hmm. I don't like Christmas music I like Christmas music have you always liked Christmas music? Yeah. What is it about it that appeals to you? Um, I'm a big fan of joy, generally. Um, 
I don't know. Like, it's there's something kind of camp about it only really being listenable to once a year and you'll only ever listen to it once a year. You what know? about people who break that rule and listen to it all, all throughout the year? Weird. Weird. Sorry, <laughs> you're weird. That's strange. What about people who have to work in, like, Christmas-themed shops that are And they have to start year? listening to it from, like, oh. I mean, that's fucking When hell. do the Christmas shops open? Like, August? But there definitely, there's definitely some Christmas what? shops. What? Sorry, what? The one in Brown Thomas... Mm, There's definitely some Christmas shops that, that are all year round, though, as well. Like, August, there are some places, yeah. so yeah. themed. Well, sorry, that's they don't have a choice there. You know what I mean? They have like no, they have no gr- choice. There's no ethical, ethical consumption over capitalism. You know what I mean? We all got to work, so whatever. Not not judging people who, do, who have to listen against their will. The people who listen with will, wow, okay, strange. But <laughs> um, no, I like. Um, the, you can, there's a wide, you know, some Christmas songs can be really sad, some can be like really happy, some can be like really stupid. Yeah, some can be Some of them are insane, some of them are just really fucking weird. So we're picking ones that aren't Christmas songs though, so real quick, can you give us an example of a weird Christmas song or something oh, you love? Oh, weird or, Christmas song. Or something, or is it one that you love, anything? Like from I, the, my favourite one is uh, Paul McCartney, Simply Having a Wonderful Christmas Song. Oh, just go, simply <laughs> having... <laughs> One of Christmas time. But I also like, I don't know, there's been a lot of good contemporary Christmas music. Ariana Grande, Santa Tell Me, Kelly Clarkson, Underneath the Tree. Okay. I like good vocals. You hate the two of them. A, that's fine. A, I, don't, I don't hate either of those artists, by the way. I actually. Oh, you don't hate either of those artists, but you hate both of those songs. I, I don't mentioned. like Christmas. I find Christmas very Oh, yeah, well, then with this I find Christmas very depressing and melancholic. Okay. Yeah. I'm that guy. There's a rap duo called Gliders, Travis and Els, um, who are like, you know, based in Dublin, and they did a drill Christmas song last year, and it's actually pretty good. I don't know what I th- did. They maybe they sampled Mariah Carey. I can't remember. It's it's very good. <laughs> I so really like I it. like Last Christmas by Wham. I think it's a beautiful song. Okay, listen, 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 listen. It's time to get into the top five. Mm. We're doing best and worst non-Christmas Christmas number ones. Now this means what it sounds like: a song that was number one on the Christmas charts in some part of the world. Yeah, going back to the dawn of charts, etc. Um, but it's not Christmassy. It, yeah. is, it is not a Christmas song, but it was it happened to take the top spot at the time. Vanilla's on best, I'm on worst. And I think people are going to be cross at one of mine because it does feature in a Christmas movie, but I like I cross-reference the lyrics and it's And you also no asked me this morning how I felt about the situation and I said, go for it. I yeah. gave you my Christmas... No, I have to include it. My Christmas it's, blessing. It's a slapper, but it's actually not my first one. Am I going first or are you going first? I uh, think worst should go first and we finish on best. That's usually the way. Um, I think do we it. should finish on worst though, because the the one I have at number one is pretty fucking horrendous. Yeah. Will be, we have a laugh about it, or is it oh, kind of depressing? No, no, no. Oh, well, no. it's actually a bit of both, but we'll definitely have a laugh about it. Okay. How about you go first? Okay. Bring the joy, Fanula. Um, I certainly am going to bring the joy because I know that you are are, are a big fan of this song. You know that my mama don't like you, and she likes everyone. And I never like to admit that I was wrong And I've been so caught up in my job Didn't see what's going on But now I know I'm better sleeping on my own Cause if you like the way you look that much Oh baby, you should go and love yourself And if you think that I'm still holding on to something you should go and love yourself There you go, that was um, Justin Bieber, Love Yourself from his fourth album, Purpose which came out in 2015 yes. A brilliant, an incredible album Top to bottom, pop perfection he First, had, first he five tracks, bulletproof to prove and he did <laughs> He did So this is Love Yourself, as I mentioned 
from the album Purpose, his fourth studio album, which came out in 2015. And this was Christmas number one in Ireland in 2015. It was originally for Ed Sheeran, who's a writer on this song. I think he does. Um, he do backing vocals in there as well. I think I he think might. so. Oh, yeah. Maybe he's lurking. I would imagine lurking. Um, <laughs> and look, I know Ed Sheeran comes in for a lot of flack, and I would deliver a lot of that flack. This is bulletproof, as you'd say yourself. It this is. is bu- it is bulletproof, but. It does have that, um, I'm a nice guy, aren't I? S- bitter venom that oh, Ed Sheeran has. Oh, I mean, it's venomous. It's so venomous. And my, it's... it's so petty, but one of my favourite albums is Followed by Take This to Your Grave, and oh, there's yeah. nothing pettier than that. No, Sometimes there's... there's nothing, oh, male pettiness. This is magnificent, and like there's talk as well that, you know, there's the X-rated version where it's actually, he's saying, you can go and fuck yourself. But mm. the Love Yourself thing is better, because mm. it's, it's more soul. And I guess, you know, it's written by Ed Sheeran, but everyone was like, well, it's clearly about Selena Gomez. Well, this is the thing, right? So obviously, Ed Sheeran, it, like, Ed Sheeran said it was supposed to be for his album Divide but it was scrapped and then it was going to be it was never going to exist and then gave it to Justin Bieber right and as you said like he then kind of on the promo trail which I think is what buoyed this song success was the narrative around their relationship himself and Selena Gomez they were like so on and off um, in an interview around Sorry Secret, can I just say uh, uh, there's, a, there's a line on this album uh, it's on uh, No Pressure I believe is the song I think Big Sean is the guest yes the worst you don't have to make it mine up and there's two the worst so ba- the worst feature of all time <laughs> so bad <laughs> well, no, it's, it's up there with Jay-Z's monster verse no, it's terrible it's, it is absolutely not because you get two unbelievable lines one is oh no round two again we've been fighting more than Ryu and Ken which is astonishing <laughs> street, street Fighter reference oh yeah, yeah. yeah. and then you also have uh, the line we've been on and off like the cross lights <laughs> fucking incredible <laughs> oh my god anyway yeah he was talking to Ryan Seacrest and he said um, love yourself is definitely about someone in my past someone who I don't want to put on blast um, <laughs> and describe the song as cool because so many people can resonate with that because how many women do we bring back that mom doesn't really necessarily like which is just the most brutal thing you could ever say my, I don't my know. mother doesn't my mother hates you my mom Mama don't like you and, and she, she likes, likes everyone. everyone. Fucking dagger. God, twisted. It is, it's mean, but like, great I don't lyric, know. Though, and there's it? something about the fact, like, Pop is usually so maximalist and this is just him, the guitar, the trumpets come in. Oh, it's magnificent. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a gorgeous arrangement. I love this song it's so, so much. Good. Before we move on, I have a news announcement. This oh. is going to be late news to the people listening to the podcast. Who's but dead? Frank Ocean's store has just been updated with another press of Blonde. Oh, wow. Bye. I've got mine. Um, so. Yeah, and I do as well. It's also got a poster of Kendall Roy in there, Fanula, as Bye. well, if you're interested. Bye. Uh, is literally pulling out the phone right now. I don't have any money. I don't actually know how I'm going to afford this. <laughs> um, uh, stunning choice to start off. It's a great song. It's featured before. I think it's an all-timer. I think it's an unheralded classic. And a lot of reasons are the reasons that you've said, especially the strip-back nature of it. And boy, is it just dripping in, you know, the kind of venom that came out of the Xenomorph's mouth in the Alien sci-fi film saga. Yeah, absolutely. This is 63 or I can't afford that at Christmas. He's a selfish brick for up and Have you seen he's got the, um, the shipping's probably like uh, It's uh, another 20 euro. Yeah, um so. it, it's also there's also board shorts in there that are 116 euro. Why not? That's uh, ludicrous. Let me show Dave now. That looks it looks like something you buy in lifestyle sports for like. Yeah, they look a like O'Neill's. No offense to O'Neill's, but like maybe. <laughs> I mean, maybe actually, support O'Neill's, local. Well, instead, yeah, yeah, exactly. O'Neill's look at this and up your prices because if Frank can do it, you can. Okay, it's Christmas. Okay, listen, listen. Let's listen. move off we're, this. We're getting off track. Okay, yeah. so um, to Canada we go. Um, at least as far as the band is concerned, this song was number one in the year at Christmas in the year two thousand and one. In on the US Billboard Hot 100, and let me tell you, cast quite the spell. This is how you remind me. This is how you remind me of what I really am. This is how you remind me of 
It's Nickelback. It's how you remind how you remind me. Um, you were almost slurring your words like a poor Chad Kroger. Like Chad Kroger, yeah. He it's, was just trying to get through <laughs> that there, wasn't he? Yeah. he was really just so like, was I. It's Nickelback, how you remind me, 2001. Now, you might say, Dave, what is this doing on the worst list? Yeah. And it's a fair question. It's kind of a banger. But I think it's more, I wanted to highlight, I wanted one that highlighted absurdity. Yeah, okay. I was like, this was a Christmas number one. Well, this is the thing. America, America. doesn't buy into the Christmas number one thing as they didn't, much as... They do, it, they do now. Yeah. Um, but for a long time, it was just kind of, just here's whatever's Song is out, um, but I wanted like a, a bit of a bit of a left field one. It's not very Christmassy. No, not at all. You were asking me why did I pick the live version? Um, yeah, the answer is twofold. Number one, I enjoyed the, um, I guess the kind of no frills kind of you know where we're kind of really getting our big break now. We're on some kind of weird top of the pops esque show, and we're just going to go for it, man. And the fact that the YouTube comments are full of people being like, "This is what Nickelback are really about." They're actually very raw, and the music is really powerful. And I'm like, okay. Um, but I will say, the spell was cast on myself because I bought the album that this was on. Oh, I bought okay. the single. Who can name the album? Oh, uh, does it have a car on the front of it? No, that's a different one. Fuck. <laughs> uh, then, then no. I think that's I think that's all the right reasons. It's all the right reasons. Up, yeah. But this album was called Silver Side Up, and I paid cash money for it back in how many Irish pounds? Two. It would have been like what tw- is Silver Side Up referencing? The opposite side of a CD. I don't know. I, I, I always thought it was some kind of Chad getting touched. It's at cooking no reference, but um, <laughs> yeah, at No Encore Show on Instagram. It would have oh, cost sorry. a bit. It, it would have cost my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> culture underscore Ch- Chad Chad Kroger, welcome anytime. Yeah, he is welcome anytime. It would have cost um, upwards of twenty Irish pounds. I would have said no, no. The euro was in by that point. Doesn't you're showing your age. I'm people, people know how old I am. Mm. Yes, I have in fact been on this planet longer than you <laughs> uh, by quite some difference. What's that? I'm really young. Mm, yeah, something like that. Um, anyway, point is, uh, Strange Band saw them live back yeah. in, I think it was 2016. Did they do the song from Spider-Man? Because that's a fucking... Hero. Hero, yeah. which is one of the greatest songs of all time. I don't Incredible. think that they did, but I got really... And they're watching us. You watching got, us. You've done that on the show before and I've laughed. Watching us. Watching us. Yeah. Uh, who's the co-singer on that one? Uh, I know. Oh, I don't know. It is Josie Scott. From? Oh, the ba- uh, I can't remember the band's Saliva. name. Saliva. So. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yeah. A stunning. Uh, watching us. Watching, watching us. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I'm so hot. Yeah, that, is a fun, that soundtrack is ridiculous. Bother by Stone Sour is on that soundtrack, by the way, which is uh, Corey Taylor's side project. You know Bother? I know the... You, you don't know you, need to bother. I know you pronounced the name of the band wrong. Stone Sour. Stone Stone. Uh, you're going to have to help me out here, Adam. I believe you're from a lovely land called... Oh, Ra- sorry. Uh, Stone <laughs> Sour. There we go. Uh, I didn't know where the fuck Put you were Put some respect on the name. Anyway, uh, Nickelback. It's it's not a great song, but it's a, kind of a dodgy classic. Saw them live in 2016, I think it was, in the Point, uh, or the Three Arena, as it's now known. Again, Chung Around. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> with the my, Point. With my, <laughs> with my disc, man. Uh, <laughs> And it was a hell. It was a hell of a show. Do you know why? Because I got absolutely fucking smashed. Perfect. Were and you there with Cullum or am no, I making was, that up? I don't think it was Cullum. I think it was someone else. But was it was like did you and Cullum. Went Cullum, to? Went to, Cullum and I went to bus. We also went to Macklemore. Uh, lots of other great gigs down the years. Picture this, of course. Shout out to the boys. Happy Christmas. Uh, but no, fucking Nickelback, man. And of course, Hagerberger was giving it the big. He's like, we know how ridiculous we are. That's why we. That's what we do. What we do. And I was like, yeah, fair enough. I mean, like, see, wh- I think the world is turning on them again, though. You, I, yeah. Sorry, in a more positive way where it's oh. like if you say you don't like Nickelback you're going to be ostracised. I think meme culture was very good to them. 
<coughs> yeah. I, I think, think the I think world has generally been very good to them. <laughs> They've had a massive career. Yeah, and like... One of them married Avril Lavigne. Like, really? They're from man, yeah. We, no, they're Dutch now, though. No, but at a certain point, they yeah. were married. She's got bad taste in men. Yeah. But hang on. Uh, lastly, I assume you know the origin of their name. I've said this before. No. You don't know the origin of their no, name? No, I don't think so. Oh, I, I know because I heard it on this podcast. This has been spoken about. Gad Kroger worked in a coffee shop, okay. and he would say, "Here's your coffee, and, and here's your, your nickel, and back. here's your nickel." Back. That's what it was. Yeah. Jesus Christ, that's pathetic, horrendous. Because okay. it, co- it cost something like three dollars ninety or something like that, so he'd always have to give them ten cents. <laughs> oh, they're so lame. Yeah. Okay, um, that's how I remind you of what two thousand one was really like. And in fairness, I should say, U.S. Billboard chart, Hot One Hundred, December. They were hurting. That country was hurting. They were. They needed some healing. <laughs> there was a lot of pain. Going going around and they needed Canadian legends Nickelback to come along and let them feel something again and that's what that was for Christmas uh, what's your number four Fanula on the best well I'm here just like I said Leave right now, Will Young. The thinking man's Gareth Gates. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Christmas yeah. number one in Ireland, 2003. We've got taste over here, apparently. There you go, we really do. Uh, song by British singer-songwriter Will Young, as I mentioned, written by E.G. White and produced by Stephen Lipson for his second album, Friday's Child. Song about unrequited love. It was released as the album's first single and it became another number one hit, as I mentioned, on the Irish and the UK singles chart. Got an Ivor Novellan Award in oh, 2004. Listen, uh, there you go, it's all you fucking need. Yeah, yeah. That's F- it. Fuck the Grammys. Credentials oh, forever. Say. Welcome on the show anytime. Can it- I please read this absolute insane review from Stylus Magazine, which I'm not I'm not sure exists. It's an American anymore. publication. I'm showing my age. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Leave right now is just one of the most English songs ever, which is understandable. What could be more English than a privately educated homosexual? The guy's a moderate. Jesus. The guy's a moderate genius. Dido with testicles and a heart. Oh my god! And like this was considered a positive review because yeah. Stylus had previously like glambasted the first album and Stylus was a weird one. I didn't like. I didn't read too much of it, but I think it did have an edge as you're kind of hearing there. I think I think it was a place an edge or I mean bigotry. Yeah. Um, also, is the video uh, is he in art gallery? He's in an art gallery, and it's see. Okay, I think people would argue around this being a good song because it's uh, it has as we speak about meme culture, I feel like this has also been a victim of meme culture. The video is him turning up at an art gallery and he's speaking, how do I explain point of views? He's like trying to, he's singing the song to the camera, but the camera is a person. So it's like he's pleading to the person for an explanation or like he's still in love with them. They've broken up or else they were never together. He's having a banger and there's people trying to drag him out of the art gallery because obviously there's an art exhibition on and like it's taking away from the art. And then him being there, it kind of causes loads of other fights because he refuses to leave. And then the security guard is like bashing other people. Um, And then eventually the person who is the camera is evacuating with other people because it's all getting very violent. But like Will's choreography, could we call it choreography? The movement in the video is a bit strange I don't really know how else to describe it and then also uh, it was obviously it became 
another Christmas number one for Mario Rosenstock and for Gift Grub documenting. Oh, yeah, it did. Roy, was it Roy Keane leaving Saipan? It was Roy Keane leaving Saipan, yeah, it was. Yeah, uh, it was like a Pokey Vaughan, no, sorry, uh, leaving Manchester United and ah. falling out with Alex Ferguson, one or the other. There's Pardon always rows. Um, and that went to Christmas number one as well. And I feel like that's unfortunately what a lot of Irish people now associate with the song. But like, <laughs> Will Young can do sad contemporary pop bangers. Yeah, it's Jealousy one of, is another one from his later career if anyone's looking for good song. sadness. Yeah, this is one of those ones where like I think it was just always on the television or something when I was working and it kind of annoyed me but it's one of those ones where if you sit down to listen to it it's actually a fantastic song and I've always liked Will Young he seems like a cool guy. Stellar chorus. Like um, just. I like his voice a lot. It's very good. He's got a very good voice. Yeah, I think this like I remember this being I think it was on a Now CD at one point definitely because I couldn't yeah. remember seeing the video as part of the ad you and know the way they'd yeah, yeah, the yeah, interstitials yeah, yeah. I remember my mum had it and it was in like we had a car that had a CD changer in the boot but it was the only fucking CD the CD changer and this was like the first one on like it was like the first or second song on whatever CD it was and every time the car journey would only go as far as Will Young's Leave Right Now and I would either stop at the end of that song or in the middle of that song or somewhere in that song because mm. it was now ne- we never traveled very very far yeah and uh this is burned into my brain burned into my brain Great in a song. good way i like yeah. it okay uh, and now one that we don't like and one that i know adam does not like uh, my number four uh this song has been compared to songs such as uh blue dabba d by eiffel 65 every time we touch by cascada and lady gaga's poker face and bad romance so here's my number uh my number four then saying yes, yes, yes Cause you're messing with your head Oh, she's sweet but a psycho A bit of a bit of a mood swing there. Adam took his glasses off, made a stern, furrowed expression, and currently looks deep in troubling thought. It is Ava Max, sweet but psycho, number one in Ireland in 2018 at Christmas. I remember this being number one, and I remember a big backlash about it being number one online. And the reason was um, for the language around. The wor- like the, the it was the use of the word psycho in the kind of derogatory to a mental health state, um, and but that, also I think specifically relating to women and how yes, they are in relationships. It, it's yeah, and I I just uh, there's not one part of this song I can get on board with from, but they, from that perspective. Her perspective is it's actually about reclaiming that word and that power. And it you is know. yeah, Ava Max, you'd say anything, <laughs> you would say anything. To, I know just nothing, about this song. nothing about this artist apart from this terrible song. And you don't need to because it's what is there to know? It's fucking how is the song so slippy as plastic? This has over nine hundred million views on YouTube right now, and all the comments are like, "Let's get this to a billion. The video's pretty bad as it's well. If terrible. she's if she's like talking about reclaiming it, you're not doing that in the visual format. Let me tell you, 
Because isn't there like like he's a, writhing around the house, and there's like the panda eyes with the tears yeah, coming yeah, down yeah, the face yeah. with the like eyeliner and stuff. It's just it's the optics are terrible. <laughs> it's really bad. Like it, you're talking, about, you were asking if Taylor Swift is AI. Ava Max is AI because that she has AI not Ava been Max. able to get a hit it since God Love Her. That her second album, Diamonds and Dance Floors, I think it's called, like leaked. They started shipping out the vinyl or the CDs for like four weeks before it was due to be released. Like it was, she is just a disaster of a pop artist and she does not have the, <laughs> the which is funny because she's had like, I would say maybe two songs that are better than this in terms of pop songs. But like, she's just an enigma. It really seemed like, as you said, you know, you're kind of trying the Lady Gaga thing. But the only discernible, like, pop star thing that she has was this fucking, I have an asymmetrical haircut that yeah. was always a wig. And then she abandoned that and it was like, well, who are you then? What are you doing? So to pick up on what Adam was saying, uh, the lyrics have been criticised by several mental health advocates for stigmatising mental illness. Uh, people saying that the lyrics are akin to clickbait, pejoratively using terms such as psycho and crazy to evoke a sentiment. It seems starkly at odds with the recent progress that the music industry has made and how mental health is discussed. In response to the criticism, Max said in a 29 interview with Vanity Fair that the song is actually about several gaslighting experiences with men. She defended the use of Psycho, saying it has a deeper meaning and wanted the mental illness-related music video to be a theatrical experience for everyone. I just, I don't know, where you, get, Christmas, everybody. Don't know where you get off saying that shit. Like, I really don't. Um, maybe it look... Uh, even on a surface level, though, I think it's a horrendous pop song. Like, I think it sounds like shit. It's so... Nothing. It sounds so cheap. Everything about it sounds like it's made in a day. Yeah. It's the squeaky cleanest How plastic thing. How on earth was this as popular as it was? I don't understand. Anyway, what year was this again? 2018. I actually don't know. Because I was about to be like, the chorus is kind of earwormy. It's not really like. The it's, highest, not, it's not to me anyway. I mean, like, so August 9th, uh, like recorded August 9th, 2018, released August 17th. So a week later. Good. Sorry, what? That's what it says here. Um, but hang on. Um Appeared on various Spotify playlists before peaking number one in 2020, in 20, 22 countries, sorry, including Sweden, Finland, Norway, and the UK. First top 10 single in the US. The highest selling year end song of 2019 in Slovenia and has attained platinum certs in 15 countries, as well as Diamond in France, Brazil, Germany, and Poland. I've got to ask. Massive. Eva Max, is she Swedish? American. American? Yeah. Does she have links to Albania? Why do I think she does? You thinking of BB Rexa, possibly? No. Uh, it says here she's born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Okay, the reason I asked that was because it, it might have explained it if there's like maybe some element of Sweden in there because they... Oh, hang on. She's described herself as, quote, 100% Albanian and says she wants you know to give back to the community. She's able to speak the language but cannot read it. Outspoken by female empowerment, which is reflected in her music. Yeah, the reason I asked about this, the Swedish connection was because generally if a pop song is written or performed by someone Swedish, there's something else in there. There's like a little 5% of something that Sweden managed to just get over the line every single time because there's like there uh, it's a it's an entire industry there right yeah commerciality music, you know? but this one sucks all right that's my number four Vanilla bring us back to the light you wouldn't let me do songs about masturbating so did you want to clarify that there do you you wouldn't what I thought you were joking about the master about doing a top five on masturbating that's not even the word that you used though was it no I'm well this is a we're not past the watershed yet, so... Um, and stop trying to dab me in. You're the one trying to censor me, right? You, I'm not trying to censor anybody. Okay, perfect. You Let's move along. This is a sex-positive podcast. Yeah, this I is a like, sex-positive podcast. I thought you were joking about that. No, I'm absolutely... I'm, I would never joke about doing a top five about 
masturbating. <laughs> Self gratification. Self gratification. You actually want to do that? We yeah, can, we can do that down the line. But okay, I think, you yeah. are okay. Well, you've said it on mic now, so it's not appropriate for Christmas, though, is it? No, it's not appropriate for Christmas. But um, some might argue this... it's appropriate for every day of the fucking year. <laughs> okay, um, certified freak seven days a week. Certified freak seven days a week. Um, this girl. Sorry, band... can I just say, uh, sorry. Like, like, remember when Leo Record kept, you know, um, doing the pop culture references. During oh COVID. my gosh, yeah. he do like the Mean Girls. Stuff. Yeah, he did Mean Girls, Terminator 2, Dermot Kennedy. Dermot Kennedy, and I desperately wanted him to step up to the microphone one day and be like, you know, this virus is like a, a certified freak, seven days a week. And I was, like, <laughs> I was like, please do it. He never did it. I really wanted him thank to- thank God. I really wanted him to reference WAP. I was like, <laughs> I was like it'd be fucking amazing. This is the final frontier. Yeah. We were probably like another three months away from that, like of being involved in that. <laughs> yeah, you know? Neil Martin stepped in at the right time. Okay, number three, Okay, please. you said- Self-gratification, not very Christmassy, but is writing? This girl band seems to think so. Five songs about condoms and using condoms. Perfect. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Yeah, because you, sorry, off mic, you were like, I, I hope was, this is what I think it is. Yeah, and then it, it the wasn't. song started and you said, no. Yeah, I thought it was something else, which you might still have in your top five, but we shall see. Oh, you're not going to say it. Okay, perfect. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. Hang on. This is, of course, is Spice Girls and Team yeah. Become One. Now, you said this is a song about writing. This is not a song about writing. What are you talking about? This is a song about making love. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yes, of course. It's in the lyrics, okay? Of course. How could I be so It's about fast? sexual congress, Wait, you could no, say. No, it is most importantly my about... Phrase. What? It is most importantly about contraception, I will say. And even the Spice Girls themselves have argued that. I didn't know that. Tell um, me more. Christmas number one in the UK and Ireland. Uh, it was their first, and I think potentially only, Christmas number one in, in the UK anyway. 95. Uh, it's got to be 95 or I would say. Re- yeah, so. released as the group's third single on the 16th of December, 1996 by it's Virgin. It's 94, because 94 was E17, Stay Another Day, which technically isn't a Christmas song. But, yeah. but we still all, does in the rotation. But we all think it is. Yeah. Anyway, continue, please. Uh, generally well received by music critics and was a commercial success. Uh, Melanie Brown on the song's theme has said, it's basically a love song, but it's got a message. Make sure you put a condom on if you're going to have sex. We all think that's very important. Was this part of like some Jurex campaign? Because that feels way out of left field for them. Could have been. At they're the like, time or later but on? their audience was mostly like tweenagers, right? I mean... I mean, and young young women coming of age. Yeah. I, I suppose. Would, I would think I'm so, not yeah. disagreeing with it. I'm just, I thought it was, you know, it sounds a bit commercial to me. Uh, it was written by the band together with Matt Rowe and Richard Stannard and I think uh, your man Rowe and Jerry Halliwell kind of had a thing for each other at the time or oh, like nice. uh, it was apparently that was the song was inspired She was my favourite by the way by from, a, from an attraction point of view Okay, nobody asked And then uh, I moved yeah. on and then I moved on to Emma Bunton who Perfect I, yeah, Which is the right choice Dave. Thanks for you're, me. you're bringing up a song about Spice Girls and like Scary was the hottest like let's not. Well, maybe okay. I don't want to know about that, yeah? Okay. Well, maybe, maybe I don't, don't care about your, you know, 
Anyway, <laughs> back to me. The lyrics focus on the bonding of two lovers and also address the importance of contraception. And it's a big TV directed music video. Um, and it's like a time time lapse footage of Times Square, which I loved as a kid. I was like, this is. And it was such a trend of the 90s where it was like time lapse footage and you're either like running along to get somewhere, the pop star in, in question, not me. I wasn't ever in a music video in the 90s. Not that I know of. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remember like this was so cool. Did it's you invent just, the phrase, this is cinema? Did I invent the phrase? When you saw it, were you like, you're like, ma'am, this is cinema? No, because I was, well, when this song was released, I was one, so. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was not one. As I mentioned, I was very, I am very young. And Dave's not. There's so. also a European Spanish version of the song, which I am not familiar with, but is if anyone wants to seek that out. Is it called, does it come out? <laughs> Fuck you! You son of a You son of a he just stepped yes. away. Yeah. Yes. Christ. Yes. Um, yeah, it's brilliant. I'm unappreciated. I'm unappreciated but, like, here. But it, it, I have it such, is one of their best. I've been associated, like, again, it's so associated with Christmas time, but it's not Christmassy. You yeah, know? I, but I think it, it has. It gives yeah. me kind of cold vibes. It's very main character energy, walking through the city. Again, I think that ties up my association. Are they wearing with the like fur coats in the video or something? Or yeah. big, big coats? Yeah. With the big coat here for Spice Girls. But it's very like you have that guitar, and, like, but it's still like kind of RB. It's sexy. It is sexy. It's a very good song. Not a great song, however, although some people think it is. Okay. Is this one from uh, 1988? It is 1988. Let's go. Number one on the US Billboard chart in the year 1988 at Christmas, it is Every Rose Has Its Thorn by Poison. Brett Michaels. Do you remember the show Rock of Love? Yes, of course. I was just about to mention. I was like, Poison, not really registering with me. They're, they were a glam rock band, but this was their big ballad. Okay. And let me tell you, every cowboy sang his sad, sad song. I said this off mic. I think that's an underrated lyric. Why do what you is think- it? Every cowboy. So it's the chorus there is, every rose has its thorn, just like every night has its dawn, just like every cowboy sings his sad, sad song. Every rose has its thorn. Yeah, it does. <laughs> That's how it is. Yeah, it does. That's how it is. Yeah, yeah, it does. does. Um, Adam, you think this spoke to you, did it? Um, I wouldn't go that far. I um, just think sounds like it did. I just think like I, I just I don't think it's a bad song. I don't like. Look, it's not a complete utter disaster, but I think it has aged horrendously. As has Brett Michaels, uh, singer of this band, and mostly I wanted to talk about Rock Love, but again. I just thought it was hilarious that this was number one in America at Christmas. What the fuck is happening? They were hurting again just years before Nickelback. Uh, yeah, I guess the Gulf War was around the corner. I mean, like, it's that thing of like, um, I, the ultimate hold a lighter up at a concert song. Yeah. You know? Oh, absolutely. It's not very cold vibes. No. You know what I mean? It's not very winter vibes, even. Forget Christmas. Can we talk about Rock of Love, though? Yeah. The best show of all time. Yeah. Brilliant. What do you recall about it? And can you, if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, can you possibly explain what the show was? It was an MTV reality dating show in which Brett 
tried to find the love of his life. Yep, it was all real and definitely not scripted or anything. Yeah. And a bunch it was kind of the first one, wasn't it? It was before Flavor of Love, which was, is the same. Was Flavor of Love the first one? I think Rock of Love, which came been... first, the Flavor of the Rock. <laughs> <laughs> a question we've been asking. <laughs> a quote now for a very very. I think long I preferred time. Flavor of Love, but uh, Rock of Love. Rock of Love good. was very addictive. There was also a shot at Love with Tila Tequila. Yeah, I do remember. I watched way too much of that, and it was mm. absolutely. I remember watching Flavor of Love and. That one. Flavor Flav. Yeah, too, um, yeah. And yeah, I, I don't remember Rock of Love. I don't remember Rock of Love with Brett Michaels is an American reality television dating game show starring Brett Michaels, lead singer from the band Poison. The show closely resembles the show Flavor of Love. So this was, Rock of Love was 2007. Flavor of Love was 2006. Okay. So, yeah. The first we should season. Do that. We should rewatch it and do it for Flap Culture. Rock of Love. Yeah. Absolutely. Stunning. The first season featured 25 women competing to be Brett Michaels' girlfriend. Each week, the women face challenges, the winner of which gets to go on a date with Brett Michaels. Some of the challenges are based on situations they might encounter if they were chosen to be his girlfriend. <laughs> Perfect. So, uh, Brett Michaels is currently. How old do we think Brett Michaels is? 60? 60. He's 60. Four, okay. <laughs> no, he's 60. Uh, he was born in 1963. So in 2007, how old would he have been? Do the maths, because I can't do the maths. 63 to 2007, he was 44. 44 in 2007? Yeah. Uh, the winner of the first season of Rock of Love was 24 years of age. Jesus Christ, on <laughs> a cracker. Yikes. I'm sure that's the only time he was ever involved in any kind of illicit activity. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure. Um, a wild television show? Yeah. How many seasons do you think it had? Two, three? Three. Okay. 40 episodes yeah <laughs> it was on VH1 and uh, a fourth season was offered to him but he was announced that he would be <laughs> appearing in a new show entitled Brett Michaels Life As I Know It based around his everyday life ah uh, yeah it's fascinating productions content. and legal problems you say uh, yeah go check out Rock of Love I don't know Poison everyone says a thorn. A thorn I think some people think it's a lost classic Adam might be one of those people I'm I will, again wouldn't go as far as to say I just don't think it's, it's certainly awful. not okay. classic um, but do you have a classic for us oh uh, I absolutely do and I'm excited <laughs> that I have a platform to finally talk about it this song answering one of life's big questions It's a Hollywood superstar. Kate Winslet. Is this her only song? What the only if, song she's ever yeah. done, yeah. She And that's all she needed to do because that song fucking slaps. She went into the studio and they said take five and she heard Changed Lives and that's exactly what she did. This Okay, this is a song that I wasn't sure about because it features in the animated film Christmas Carol, the movie, in which she plays Ebenezer Scrooge's ex-love interest, Belle. She's the voice of Belle in the feature, which also features Nicolas Cage, uh, Jane Horrocks and Simon Callow. The song was written by Wayne Hector and Steve Mack. Steve Mack has worked with like everybody. Wayne Anthony Hector, he's a British songwriter, uh, has worked with many of Kate Winslet's contemporaries, including Nicki Minaj, One Direction, The Wanted, Ollie Murs. He co-wrote seven of Westlife's number one singles, including <laughs> World of Our Own and Flying Without Wings. Uh, this was released like... 
So basically, obviously, she's like a superstar at this point post Titanic and everything. Like, she's really on like her first peak in terms of fame and stuff. So the news of her recording this to vie for the UK Christmas number one that year in 2001. Stop laughing. I'm laughing um, at a, a reply I got on, on to a message. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, perfect. I'm glad oh, you're listening. listening. No, no, I'm listening. No, I am. I am listening. I'm, I'm phone, phone, phone's down, okay? Okay, phone's, perfect. Uh, I so heard everything you said. Yeah, perfect. So the news of this you know, was... I can multitask, okay? Yeah, you can, yeah. Um, so the news of this was leaked to the Daily Mirror. So it actually didn't go to number one in the UK. It only leaked got to number six. to the Daily Mirror. Yeah. Like, only yeah. went to number six in the UK, but it went to number one in Ireland. In and in our hearts. Shout out us. Um, and then it went down, it went number one in Austria, Flanders, went to the top ten in Germany, the Netherlands, Switzerland, um, and all proceeds from the single were given to the National Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children and Surgeon Cancer Care for Children because she's sound. I don't like the song. Adam, Why? I, I, I'm so glad. I fucking wish I got in ahead of you because I was about to say, is this the biggest success in pop music history? <laughs> <laughs> because like, no, if you think about it, like, it's a one and done. Yeah. Like immediate number one, it's like has had a stellar career in acting ever since. Yeah, she's very good. If she came back to grace the microphone, we'd only be so lucky. I, I disagree. I was supposed to interview her for something, and for the interview didn't happen for whatever reason. And I was like begging the producer, or whatever at the time, to be like, like, can I please ask her about what if? And I wasn't anywhere near close to Christmas, or whatever. And I was like torturing them, and they were like, yeah, okay, grand. Like I don't know if we have time for it, but like, yeah, whatever. I think it's a bit of a warble, and it also is of that era where I was like, it just irritated me when it was around. But I can appreciate the people of it. Um, I like Celine Dion core, like. Yeah, very much which is one of the reasons why I don't like it. Um, I I thought she was very good in that TV show. That oh, she was uh, Mayor of Easttown. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Mayor of Easttown was brilliant. Yeah, it was yeah. good. I think people over overplayed it. You're such a contrarian. I'm not, sorry, no, no, no. I'm not a contrarian. You I, are. People were writing articles being like, "This is the best show of the last 25 years," and I was like, "Stop." this fucking insane hype that we have to throw into everything. It was fine. It had one of the most predictable quote-unquote shock moments I've ever seen in a television show. Okay. When one character meets an unceremonious end uh, in very stupid fashion, by You're the way. You're ruining it for everyone who wants to watch it all the Christmas. The show's two years old. Like, it's like, come on. And I, was, I didn't see which character. It could be anyone. It could be her. It was fine. It was a good show. Okay. Don't make a second season. They're um, not going to. Good, they shouldn't. Um, anyway... It's a fine song, I suppose. I was obsessed with this song. Why were you obsessed with it? I just did I you like, sing it. I like her voice, and I, yeah, I would have sang it all the time. And I, it was it wasn't until years later that I learned just Kate Winslet, and I thought my brain was going to come into my ears. I was like, <laughs> I can't believe this slay. What can't she do? What can't she do? Yeah, I think it's very good. It's, I think it's like it's. I think it's underrated. I think it's so. It's very of the time. It's also. It sounds like it would fit into like a di- some Disney film of that era. Yeah. Um, and it's it's just, yeah it's just like right place right time, it all yeah. happened like it was all perfect alchemy. What's yeah. your best? What's your best role? Ooh. And can anyone name what she won the Oscar for? I bet you can't. Revolutionary Road. Nope. Oh, uh, it's a classic case of want to win an Oscar? Do something like this, and it's just like no, there's no cultural footprint for this movie at all. Oh, I have no idea. So uh, what was it's, it? It's the reader. Which is a Holocaust drama. Oh, yes. Yeah, I never saw it. Um, Mayor of Easttown. Probably I, Mayor of Easttown, I think. yeah. Can I have a look at the old filmography here now? Acting credits. Yeah, maybe shout out a few at me because I'm sure there's things I'm not remembering. List of Kate Winslet performances. Is, uh, people say Titanic's amazing. Is it? Is it like? Is it actually good? Or she's is, amazing in Titanic. Is Titanic amazing overall? I'm not sure. Heavenly Creature, she's good in that. Sense and Sensibility. Uh, Titanic, I suppose. 
Not like, yeah. Life David Gale, that's a bad fucking movie. Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind. People oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's very good in that. Yeah, that's um, oh, she's actually. Oh, she's in Avatar 2 as one of the, like, you know, alien characters or something. And oh, she, yeah. Not, not great. I, I, I enjoyed Avatar 2. The Holiday, people say it's good. Oh, sorry. Yeah, of course. Jeez. That's <laughs> it. That's the one. That's the one. That's the stuff. It's good in Contagion, small role. Contagion, I remember that, Steve yeah. Jobs, not a bad movie. She was in a very good, but like very serious and very harrowing, and I give a trigger warning for mental health things, with her daughter. It was like a mini-series, and I think she won a BAFTA for it. Okay. I cannot remember the name of it. It's some woman's name. It's brilliant, but not an easy watch by any means. And her daughter's very good in it too. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, number two for me um, comes from the world of television. You could say. Okay. And it could be that this television show stained the charts for a very long time. Here is the winner of The X Factor in the year 2010. Why, of course, it's Matthew Sheridan Cardle, also known as Matt Cardle. X Factor winner in the series of 2010, the man who Harry Styles told on national television he was going to get, quote, so much That's right. I'm bleeping that, yeah. That's what Harry Styles <laughs> said on national television. Uh, X Factor winner, um, I was big into this X Factor season. I was never really a big watcher of the show. Mm. But for some reason in college, I just sank up with this one perfectly. And I remember when, you know, this is a, I should say this song is called When We Collide. It is a cover of what band? Biffy Clyro. song called? Many of Many Horror. Horror. Correct to you both. Uh, ten trivia points to both of you. Thank you. And yes, he slightly reworked it. Not really though, but just gave it a different title. And, and a key change. And a key change. And did you feel the emotion there at the end? Like, felt something, all right. <laughs> I also... <laughs> I also watched this series and I was down bad for this man and I don't remember this being as as bad. I'm not going to judge anybody for anything, but I would say this man looks like a ad for Burton menswear. You know, yeah, he's very classically handsome and smart. Yeah. He does have a good like he does have a good voice. It's I don't, Super but maybe not generic. necessarily. Yeah. Did they just miss the mark completely with this like final choice? I think I think so because like. Now, it still went to number one, and this was also in the thick of, which obviously you're about to say, because this is the point of the top five. Mm-hmm. But like, and this was also in the thick of anti-X Factor, or at least coming into this, weren't we? Where it was like, no more X Factor number ones. Oh, actually, it comes a year after that, because Rage Against the Machine, Killing in the Name, was, you know, stunt brought to number one in the UK mm. in 2009 for the Christmas number one. I remember that. Um, and so the X Factor managed to actually wrest back control a year yeah. later because this went to number one, and they still had it for another couple of years. But there was yeah, there was the dominance that kind of began in the mid two thousands. You think of Shane Ward and That's My Goal, which I did consider for this list, but I thought the Matt Carlo one was just somehow more pathetic. That's My Goal is fucking unbelievable as well. Do you think it's good? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I would have been so cross. Like, I'm not here to say I'm sorry. So like yeah. I mean, um, well, and I'm not here to lie to you. But uh, listen, there's two fantastic lyrics by the way. I'm not here to say I'm, I'm sorry. I'm here to say I'm, I'm ready to that I you. finally thought it through. 
<laughs> Poor Mark Hardle thought he was thought he was going to be great, and he even like said like in his in his post match uh, speech when Dermot O'Leary is like, "Well done, how was it?" Uh, Mark Hardle was like, "Oh, I feel really bad for one day, you know. Well, don't feel bad for them, Matt. They're going to eclipse you like crazy. I wonder if Harry Styles even picks up the phone these days." But the judges in their judging guys, Louis Walsh, uh, Simon Cowell, Danny Minogue, and who was the other one? Cheryl Cole, I'd imagine. Or Sharon Osbourne. It might have been Cheryl Cole. Cheryl the point Lee is, Cole. they gushed. They gushed over yeah. this, over that heartfelt performance where a man left every ounce of emotion on the stage. Let's have a listen to what the judges said after that performance. Matt, you sang every note like you meant it. It's a brilliant contemporary pop song. It would be a number one record. You know, you, I'm looking forward to hearing your album because it'll be contemporary pop at its best. You've got the voice. Absolutely got the voice. You you sang that from the depth of your heart. Honest to God. I think it was your best performance throughout the whole series. And whatever happens tonight, I wish you the best of luck with your future. Uh, had to pick myself up a little bit here. Um, that aside, back to the two finalists. Thoroughly well deserved, both of you. Seriously. Thank you. Um, and I've got to tell you, Matt, an incredible song. I actually agree. I think it was your best performance of the whole series so far. That was absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. And with a voice like that, we're looking at a true star. Brilliant. So yeah, uh, what do we think, Vanilla? Also, oh, I mean, sorry, what's Danny Minogue's thing? Which is like, I wasn't expecting. Oh, the boys! <laughs> I wasn't expecting that at all. <laughs> okay, Brilliant. I think that we uh, you, that was in an episode of Flop Culture. Yeah, I think wasn't because it? Because we covered uh, a Danny Minogue album, Neon Nights. It's very good. Matt Cardle, a uh, failed career, I would say, to, uh, in, to, in terms of what was expected of him. But uh, he got the number one. What do you think? What do you think about this, this whole thing? And also, the judges were they accurate there? <sighs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, it's so funny listening to it in retrospect because he did kind of the same version of, like, that kind of sad, tortured, to varying levels of success. Like, man I was trying to remember. Guitar. Yeah, man and guitar, but like, sad, but like, again, he does have the voice, but there's a tendency there to, like, also just kind of, again, torture is the word that's really yeah, He's like, the thinking man's James Morrison. Singing, screaming, whatever. But I remember his. He did a performance of the first time ever I saw your face. Brilliant. Okay. Um, but he did another performance of Nights of White Satin. That's what I was listening to there Play when the you were Moody Blues. Um, but then he also, when I was looking back on other things, he performed Just the Way You Are, Tragic. Um, <laughs> the Bruno Mars song. The Bruno Mars song. Oh, no. She's Always a Woman. Um, firework. Baby One More Time. That should never have been allowed. When Love Takes Over. <laughs> <laughs> More Kelly Rowland, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. You know how they bring in like big musicians or celebs to like collab with for the final or the semi final? Can you yeah. remember the celebrity that he got paired with? Oh God, it could be anybody. Nicole Scherzinger. No. Like, like, I don't know. You're in kind of the right vein, but like hey, more Katie famous Perry. and Carrie more Hilton? successful. Katy Perry. Give me a clue. Female? Female, yes. American? Yes. It wasn't Lady Gaga. No. Uh, that was my next one. Hasn't yeah. been doing as much lately. Beyonce. No. Mariah Carey. No. Oh God! This is. Well, I just tell you. Give me one more clue. Have they ever acted? Yes. Christina Milian. No, more famous than that. <laughs> Are they good? Yes. 
Is it Alicia Keys? No. I have no idea. Rihanna. What the fuck? <laughs> and I'm pretty sure she was in her like red hair era. And oh. Macard looks like he has won the fucking luck. Because they are doing this kind of like sultry duet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She's like, get your hands off me. Yeah. <laughs> you pub singer. I can't remember who uh, One Direction got. Ugh, they got it all. God, bring the X Factor back just for that. Like it was... It has Look, day. It has day. Do you know what I mean? Like in some ways, it was event television. But oh yeah, hundred percent. Black Eyed Peas playing the time dirty bit. I never laughed so hard in a college lab. <laughs> me, and, me and Dave O'Malley, shout out if you're still listening, Dave. Love you. I don't want to leave no the fucking. I just want to take some shots. Asked to leave the college lab because we were like laughing so hard, and they yeah. were like, "We're trying to do some news here," and we were like in pieces on the floor, just. Yeah. Howling with laughter at the the drop I in. I love the idea. <laughs> it's fucking outrageous. I love the idea. Of and that. then they're like, stunning, stunning performance, Black Eyed Peas. Do it again. I love the idea of you laughing so hard and then being like, you know, oh, we're trying to do news here. He's like, have you seen this? This you is know? news. Yeah. This is the news. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be talking about this in years to come and I still am. But Matt Carroll, whatever. See you, mate. Bye bye. What's your number one? It had to be this. It could only be this. And then it drops and it catches like fire. It's a sound eye. It's a sound eye. It's a sound eye. It's a sound eye. Beautiful, 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 perfect. Yes, this is what earlier on I was like, surely you picked this. It had to be your number one. I'm delighted. Who is it, Vanilla? <laughs> Girls Aloud, Sound of the Underground, Christmas UK number one, 2002, the debut single of British Irish pop group Girls Aloud. Who are back, 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 by the they way. They are back. Uh, featured on their debut album of the same name, written by Miranda Cooper, Brian Higgins, and Niara Scarlett, produced by Higgins and his production team, Xenomania, who we owe everything to. Absolutely. This is just so cool. It's, it's phenomenal. so, it was, and it ushered in this era of like cool interesting pop music especially for this band I mean it's so weird but it doesn't sound weird there are so many weird elements to it that work really well together they came up with the song because I think it was Miranda yeah it was Miranda Cooper kept singing the wheels on the bus go round and round that's how they got the song Mm -hmm. she just kept singing it over and over again until she came up with that but it was actually originally supposed to be the comeback single for What Irish Artist Oh, ho, ho, ho. that's a good question. I have a guess. Samantha Mumba. That yes! was my guess. That was my guess. She was recorded as a comeback single in 2002, but opted for I'm Right Here instead. I am so good at quizzes. Ima- imagine the pain Samantha Mumba must have felt. Yeah. Oh my God. And it was, again, was supposed to be for another girl band called Orchid, recorded for them in 2001, um, but they disbanded before getting record deals. I was so just never about to them. say, who are they when they're home now? Yeah. Girls Loud. Uh, uh, who, of course, defeated one true voice, was it? 
for the yes. coveted the sacred trust <laughs> in me. Uh, this is great. I can see everything. I can see the the video. I can see the top of the pops performance. The yep. choreography. Each member of the band getting their own kind of cool little moment. I was always a Cheryl Tweedy man myself. I have to say Just again, for the record. literally no one asked. Moved on to Kimberly Walsh though eventually. Um, I, sorry, Cheryl, because she was Cheryl Tweedy then. I had this thing for a while where like I was like, cause remember like you know she obviously ended up with a footballer, mm-hmm. and I was like, it's a real shame. That she, she didn't had, go for an everyman like you were, what? That is not what I was going to say. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Give me some credit, please. Okay. Okay, take your time there. I'm never coming back to this one. Absolutely not. Oh no, my no, God. no, no. Uh, what I was going to say was, I wish it had been a Man United footballer. Okay. Named Mikel Sylvester. Okay. So the headline on the tabloids could have been, Sylvester and Tweedy? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I think what I said was funnier, wasn't it? It probably was, yeah. You, you kind of stole my bit there oh, by throwing that. me under the bus full force. Um, yeah, great song. Fucking awesome. Glad they're so, back. So good, yeah. Are Did you, you get tickets? I didn't get, I bought tickets to LCD Sound System and said because I'm a white male. Yeah, you are. I do want to go see Girls Loud though, so I'll see if I can mosey my way in. I, um, ha- I bought two tickets by mistake because I thought nobody else, none of my friends had tickets, but they did. You bought two tickets by mistake? Well, I just bought one extra in case someone else didn't get theirs, but then they it did. To me or? No, but then I sold it because I didn't realise oh, you hadn't got a ticket. It could have been an apology for the insult you just threw at me there so would have been a nice way to yeah. apologise an apology which you would have to pay for it's too late to apologise cross, cross her palm with silver too late to this too late. song this song Slaps. had a vice grip on me yeah. as a young man like I remember hearing it for the first time and it was like you know those real like the moments you have with music where it's a case of what the fuck is this and that was exactly like in the best possible way I was like what is this need to find it I think it was like maybe slightly pre-YouTube or... It's 2002, yeah, yeah. so about three, yeah. three years pre-YouTube, yeah. Yeah, so, like, there was no real immediate access like you could have now, so it was, it was like... on the I'm, music channel. I'm going to have to wait for it to come back in the music channel. Yeah. Exactly. Pops, yeah, yeah cetera, something like that, or, like, see it on, I don't know, like, a 30-second snippet of it and Top some, some RTE thing. Yeah. But, um, I, I like, this today... This today would still hit as hard, I think. As it's it, fantastic, yeah. Like, because there's a massive drum and bass revival happening right now in the likes of Pink Panthers' music and all of this. Like, Great UK, album, by the way. I love Garage. that album. Yeah. Finally, Heaven, something we can agree on. It's called Heaven Knows. Yeah. It's really, really good. Yeah, it's really good. Definitely released in 2023. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Come on, fine, though. Watch it end up on Pitchfork's list in 2024. 2024 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I love this. It's it's just, it's, it's like so, it's full of like, gasoline it just runs away with itself mm. it's so good so yeah. so good great pick yeah it's in a race with itself it's brilliant um, I've said it before I'll say it again they are one of the best singles acts I've ever heard incredible discography glad they're back rest in peace Sarah Harding and hopefully I'll get to that gig now I actually forgot in the thrall of all this that I still have a song <laughs> <laughs> I still have a number one on the worst corner and oh my god Adam I sent you this song and uh, yeah. what was your reaction to it I I'd say I got about 10 seconds in and t- <laughs> I closed the tab. Okay. <laughs> We're going back to uh into the, into the into the the dawn of the 80s. Uh this was released in November 1980. It was number 1 in the UK singles chart from the 21st December until the 3rd of January of 1981 then. And uh yeah, it's uh <laughs> it's astonishing. My number 1, here we go.
about to get so angry because I just looked up the Wikipedia for the song and it prevented a much better Christmas song from getting to number one. <laughs> yeah, which we'll get to. <laughs> oh my God, I'm cross. Haunting. It's There's no one quite like Grandma. Or as I have labelled it in my clips, creepy fucking grandma song. I believe mm. I was the inspiration for that yeah, one. Yeah, you were, yeah. Um, See, so that's me taking back my joke because you stole mine earlier. Um, right. Stole it very well, I will say. <laughs> um, Stockport-based primary school choir, St. Winifred School Choir, released in November 1980. And uh, yeah, 1980, Chris number one in both the UK and Ireland. And in the UK, it demoted John Lennon's last single, just like starting over to number two. Take that, mate. Uh, after two weeks at number one, imagine replace this by John Lennon, <laughs> which is hilarious. Possibly because he was killed three weeks prior. Um, do you see, by the way, that this is a documentary about him on Apple now? Because I think it's the anniversary of his death. And it's like a, a true crime-esque documentary, Who Killed John Lennon? And this is so, it's solely about John Lennon. It's not the... No, it's about John Lennon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I think it's narrated by Kiefer Sutherland for some reason. But like... <laughs> Famously, Jack Bauer, the best man to find, who's behind this. Also voiced Solid Snake in Metal Gear Solid, the Phantom Pain. (laughs) Take a drink, everyone listening. (laughs) Happy Christmas. Uh, And all the clickbait websites this week were like, John Lennon's last words revealed when shot, when shot dead by Mark Graham Chapman. His last words finally revealed. Do you know what his last words were? I'm shot. (laughs) I mean... No, you can laugh. Like, it's insane. That's... That's a pretty factual statement by yeah. our friend John Lennon. The yeah. logic, the logic came through. Yeah. Um, ridiculous. So I'm ridiculous. I, I'm saying the websites leading with that is ridiculous. A man being shot is obviously a horrible thing. Anyway, look, even if it is John Lennon. So the point is, right? There's no one quite like Grandma, though. We can all agree on that, right? Um, as Vanilla said, it prevented another song from reaching number one for Christmas. What was it? Stop the cavalry. Stop the cavalry by Jonah Louie. <laughs> 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 Which apparently isn't even a Christmas song. He threw in that one line about Christmas, and then everyone was like, "It's a Christmas song for Got jingle bells in a mate. So. Sorry, it does have jingle bells in it. Sono, sono. I guess yeah. it does. But uh, this song uh, freaks me out. I think I, the video. You need the video. The video is like all these. No, you don't. Village need the video. of the Damned Children. <laughs> Listener, no, you don't need the you video. Don't. It's just. It insists upon itself in a way that I find uncomfortable. It's horror movie it's exa- 101. Exactly. Yeah. I can hear it with like a fucking horrible like violin being scratched behind it to like oh, yeah. draw attention in some and in like the, new I, I, wave I think horror the week movie. that the Wicker Man turns 50 years of age, <laughs> this is bringing me to Summer Isle. This song is horrendous and terrifying. And I don't care that it's a children's choir. They suck. It's awful. Screw them. <laughs> Happy Christmas, everybody. That's my number one. Vanilla Jones, it's been emotional. Dave Hanrady, it sure has. It really has. We've heightened emotions. Heightened emotions. I mean, like, it's the end of the year. We have to... We have to get, get it all out there. Christmas is really about a fight with people love, isn't it? I mean, that's one of the reasons why I didn't go home for years, yeah. Yeah. Because it was just a war zone. Yeah. It was just a fucking nightmare. Yeah. I was like, this is impossible. How's Christmas for you? Are you a Christmas person? Yeah. You love it? Yeah. That's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not yeah. here to. I'm not here to take away. <laughs> You're like Killian Murphy in the Margot Robbie cliff now. Did you see that one? Oh, where he's like, I know what a meme is. No, no, it's uh, she's talking. <laughs> Sorry, and he, what? And he just he just keeps going. Yeah, mm. it's a very good yeah. interview. I have to say, I know it's maybe have a newfound appreciation for Margot Robbie and Killian Murphy. There's yeah. one that's went under the radar though. Song in the wise. same no uh, actors on actors, actors, on actors. A variety on Variety's YouTube channel. Mark Ruffalo and Robert Downey Jr. Oh right, yeah, that's gone under the radar. Has it? Because it came out like a day after the Margot Robbie and, uh, okay, K- yeah, and yeah. Uh, Killian Murphy one. But, Those yeah. things can be cool. Um, Vanilla, where else can we hear you and find you and you know generally enjoy your presence? 
You can find me over hosting Flop Culture. It's a podcast all about our favourite flops. Related to Girls Aloud, my number one. We did an episode very recently on Hearsay. Oh, wow. With the lovely uh, Ferg Curtis, which is a good listen, a good walk down memory lane of pop stars. Um, yeah, we just talk about flops, things that were commercial, critical failures that people still love regardless or have fond memories of. Um, and then elsewhere, I am at Fanula J doing comedy kind of things, yeah. etc. She's a woman about town. Yeah. A woman about town, a woman about TV, a woman about podcasts, a woman yeah. about everything. You know yeah. it. And thank you so much for coming back. Thanks for having me. It's I'll still so have you back. Fun. We had a fun row. I enjoyed it. Perfect. I enjoyed it. Did yeah. you enjoy it? I did. Okay. I always enjoy it. Still friends? Yeah. Love you. Love you. Thanks. I feel like you had a bigger issue than me, but anyway. Not with you, but okay. with, with society. Oh, okay. <laughs> with journalism at large. Yeah, yeah. Number one for Christmas in my heart, it's Sonic Architect Adam, everybody. Hey, jingle bells, baby. And to you, listener, all the love in the world, thanks for supporting the show this year. Please continue to do so, whether it's via patreon.com slash noencore or leaving us a five-star review online or just telling a friend about the show. We do appreciate everything, and we genuinely appreciate your ears this year. And also next week, or rather in two weeks, I believe, it'll be the end-of-year review for yes. 2023. I should say at this note, due to the changes in the show this year, we're not going to do the usual here is the best songs, here is the best albums and let's have a debate about it because it didn't really make sense in terms of first starters not having a regular co-host and also... Not Adam kept suggesting songs from 1997 and Dave was I got a real, furious. Yeah, I, I got a problem with that because I'm a normal human being mm. and so essentially the thing is like, I also have, I genuinely have kind of fallen off the radar of a lot of new releases uh, this year, largely due to not covering on a weekly basis but also been a bit overwhelmed by the release schedule. I, I actually went through and I listed a bunch of albums from this year that I do like and there was more than I thought there would be mm. but I don't have enough to kind of like break it down to a thing. I, I don't think it would work for an episode so instead it's still a working plan. We're still figuring it out but myself and Adam are going to basically go through the biggest kind of happenings, the, the biggest happenings in, in music in 2023. Recap. There will also be on top of that, there'll be one more episode after that and that'll be a best of, it'll be like highlights from the year gone by in which yes. we've enjoyed the company of many, many different people across the show, including Fanula Jones, of course, and we're very, very grateful to everyone who guested on the show this year. I'm deeply grateful to Adam as well for being here all throughout the year as well and to you once again, listeners. So there will be two more episodes to come and Adam has his hand up. Yes, I just want to say quickly, um, I am putting together the best of episode at the moment. Um, if you have your moments that you'd like to share with us you can share um, with me on at no encore show on instagram you just drop us a dm or if you're on our patreon patreon.com slash no encore there's a post up there from last week if you want to just drop a comment on that post and let me know what your favorite moments are i'll be sure to consider those for the final episode yeah and that's all that on that thank you and talk to you very soon grandma (laughs) we love you bye